And hello to you, and welcome to the Richard Nichols Podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate, and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols, and this is episode 199. It's titled Burnout. And if you're ready, we'll start the show. Hello, people. How you been feeling lately? Bit good? Bit rubbish? A little bit of both? That's okay. Obviously, we want to be in a happy place more often, but it's not. It's not really realistic, is it, to be always happy? People think I am. I put on a on a happy face everywhere I go to a to a degree. No, no one wants to see a miserable therapist, but by God, they do exist. <laughs> They really do. You might be one. If you've ever come to any psychotherapy conferences, you'd have soon seen that physicians don't always heal themselves, as the old phrase goes. And it might do people good to realise that everybody's human, that everybody has emotions, and even therapists can be unhappy, stressed, stretched and overworked. You know, marriage guidance counsellors still get divorced. You know, no one's immune to these sorts of things. Not even the happy chappy on your podcast on a Monday morning or a Wednesday afternoon or whenever it is you're listening to this. I feel low sometimes, not depressed as such. I'm lucky in that respect. And a lot of it is luck, you know, genetics and and therapy, I guess. That's not so lucky, you know, seeing a therapist. I do see a therapist. I think everybody should. But I think I am lucky. But I know I could let in depression if I wasn't aware that it was knocking on the door. Not clinical depression, just sort of reactive stuff. But just because it knocks on the door, I'm in a fortunate enough position to mean I have the ability to not answer it. And if I did, by accident, and it that sort of really low mood sneaks in, I can tell and I feel it. And I feel it crawling over my head. Do you ever feel that? I hope you, I have said this before to, to people and they go, yeah, I'm a bit like that. So I know, it's, I know I'm not unusual in this, but to me it's like a woolly hat covering my brain but on the inside of my skull so that no one else can see it but I know it's there and I can feel this hat inside me under above my brain so it's weird and everything becomes 10 times harder it's a bit like sucking up a McDonald's milkshake that just won't melt through a really tiny thin straw and you get something every now and again but it's slow going I think a lot of people get that whether they've ever had or ever will have clinical depression, they'll still get that that I get because everybody's human. And it's hard to see the reasons underneath it all to make any changes if we need to, even if we can. It's hard to make some of the changes. You can't just walk away from everything that's stressful. We can't just quit our job every time the paperwork pile gets too high, can we? We've got to take the rough with the smooth. And that's not easy. I can do it. Because I've learned how, but I've had to learn the hard way. But having said that, I don't think there is any other way, really. Sorry, sorry to say that. Um, but it's true. We have to, we have to, we have to learn the hard way. And when I feel that woolly hat being pulled on, I have to stop taking on new clients for a while until I feel okay again. Because if I can't look after me, there ain't no way I'm going to be in a good enough place for any of my patients and clients and for you, my wonderful podcast listeners. And we call it burnout, which is a phrase coined by a psychologist called Herbert Freudenberger 
back in the late 70s. And although it exists in every walk of life, the origins of it are in what you might think of as the helping professions, teachers, nurses, therapists, that sort of thing. Maybe back in those days they were the most stressful, but capitalism, greed, high volume for the lowest price, the sort of culture that grew out of the 1980s and has blossomed with knobs on nowadays means that we can all get potentially burned out. And this isn't depression. It can feel like it and it could even lead to it if it's ignored. But burnout is more specific because it's not just in response to an overwhelming workload. There's a bit more to it, which I'll come to in a bit. And remember, the life outside of our career can contribute to this as well. Actually, I've been on enough committees of charities and voluntary organisations over the years to see that it's not just your job that can burn you out. So identifying it is the first place to start. And one of the first things to go is our energy levels. And if you get to a point where it doesn't matter how much sleep you get the night before, you're still exhausted, that's that's a red flag. That's a warning sign. I I knew I was in a bad place uh, years ago now, this early 2000s, before I became a, a full-time therapist when I was trying to juggle a job as a manager in a in Birmingham in a civil engineering firm, as well as seeing clients in the evenings and weekends because it was very early in my career to build up a clinical practice. And I was driving up the M6 from Coventry to Birmingham, heading towards the junction where I have to get off the dreaded spaghetti. And I got this, this almost overpowering urge to just keep on driving, just stay on the M6, just keep going north, just desperately wanted to just drive. And that's when I realised I was getting out of my depth. I didn't stay long in the managerial position after that. Totally underperformed. My manager said he's never seen anybody get a verbal warning and then a written warning with such acceptance. So I didn't argue about it. I just agreed with everything they said and didn't blame anybody. I just took it and eventually they made me redundant. And despite it being Christmas at the time, 2001 probably this would have been. Uh, oh no, 2000, oh, I don't know, 2001, 2002. I was about to get married. So yeah, 2002. I was getting married in the spring and was considering starting a family. And even though I had no proper job, I could not have been happier. Having said that, Grand Theft Auto Vice City had just come out on the PlayStation 2, so that helped. And when I wasn't pushing leaflets advertising hypnotherapy through people's doors, I was playing that in my spare time and loving each day as if it's the last. All these years later, I'm still happy. I just don't play the video games anymore. Not on my own, anyway. Apart from GTA 5 when that came out, because that's hilarious. But I can still feel that burnout brewing sometimes and need to watch it. If a client cancels, and I'm even slightly relieved, I know there's something wrong. And it needs nipping in the bud right there and then, because if you don't, you'll get the next sign that we tend to see. And that's what's confusingly referred to as depersonalization. I say confusingly because unless you're a therapist and you already know this, we use the phrase depersonalization to mean feeling disconnected from ourselves, which is part of an anxiety disorder. But what they mean by depersonalization in burnout terms is feeling disconnected from other people, that you stop seeing your customers or clients, in my case, or uh, whoever, and patients as people, and they become unimportant to you. They become parasites almost to somebody that's burning out. And 
you become not just impatient with them, but really quite resentful that they even exist because you're losing empathy. You're stopping caring. That's a common sign. And obviously, as a therapist, we get taught all about this in our very basic training right at the start, because there's no way you'd be a good enough therapist for someone if you don't prevent this from happening before it starts. But I think we all should be aware of it. Teachers are seeing this. Nursing staff are, for obvious reasons, and it's not, a, it's not good for any of us. But the thing is, in all the research, there doesn't seem to be a correlation between burnout and workload. It seems we can be overworked and stressed, but not burn out. Stress won't deplete our energy in quite the same way and won't make us lose empathy for others. But what we find is that there is something called an effort reward imbalance, which in real life terms means having to work really hard for little or no reward. Now, we know from previous studies that that doesn't necessarily mean a financial reward. We can feel rewarded in plenty of other ways if what we do is meaningful or we feel appreciated. That's probably more important than any financial reward, which is why we can be stressed and busy but not burn out if we're getting emotional support. We can look after kids as well as elderly parents and still hold down a job in the middle of everything that's going on around you and not burn out because these might be stressful things. But if we're lucky, we might still actually want to do those things. So if we're burning out, what can we do about it? Well, first of all, Research seems to say the best place to start is to look after your body. I know it's a cliche, but it might be the only part of your life where you're actually having the chance to get respected. And if you're the only one that's actually prepared to respect you, then make sure you do. So look after your body, not just your mind. Make sure you're not drinking too much alcohol or eating too much crap. Make sure you actually take a break. Try not to eat at your desk at work, if that's where you work. Actually leave the space that you're working and take time out, even if it's just for 15 minutes. 15 minutes is always a magical number, I find. So you can make it easier to think about other things other than work in those 15 minutes. There might be better things to do in your lunch break, but maybe that's the time where you're able to get some perspective on stuff, maybe even figure out why you feel as bad as you do. Often there are themes to burnout, common areas that if they were improved would make it okay to tolerate everything else. And it's worth figuring out what that might be so as to try and make some changes. Maybe it's the workload that makes it so hard, this feeling that no matter what you do to the bottom of the work pile, there's always something else being piled onto the top that makes it feel as if there's no end in sight, no moments of feeling as if you're up to date. And believe me, I'd we all know what that feels like. And just because I'm a therapist doesn't mean I'm immune to being overwhelmed by everything, juggling stuff. There's a lot more to being a therapist than just sitting down for an hour and, and you, you see that one person for an hour and that's it. Especially me. I've got loads of other stuff going on, loads of fingers in lots of pies with podcast episodes and juggling client work. And I'm looking to move house at some point soon as well. And over the last few weeks, every time I've sat down to prepare a, a public podcast episode like this, it's then also time to record a new Patreon one to go out on a Monday as well. And it's it's a good job I love you because stressful as it is, it's probably never going to burn me out because of the rewards I get from doing it. Because what I do matches my values. I'm not a lawyer 
trying to get people off of crimes that they know they did. I'm not trying to trick old ladies into switching to a more expensive energy supplier. What I do matches the effect that I want to have on the world. And maybe those other ingredients to burnout aren't there. Like a lack of control. If you feel that you have no control over what you do and when you do it and when it's supposed to be done for, it's a slippery slope to burnout. It's hard to take control over those sets of things, but if you can see that that's where the biggest problem is, then you can do something with your expectations. If you know that that's what's going to happen, then your goal can't be to have a clear desk at the end of the day. But if you can try and set your own deadlines, then you can be realistic with how long things take and crack on with one thing at a time, hopefully with a sense of accomplishment when each thing is done, rather than just feeling fearful because there's still so much more. And if you're working against your morals, if you work in, what, what's the extremes, animal testing, but you're a big animal lover, then it might be hard to reframe it. But even in that situation, isn't it nicer that somebody who works in animal testing actually supports the welfare of the animals rather than some Nazi who couldn't care? You know, I once read, a, I once read about a solicitor who was asked to represent a man in a divorce case who had been convicted of assaulting his wife and um, it was quite oh, it was quite graphic, actually. It was quite horrible. And they were never going to feel that this guy would be their favourite client of all time. But no matter what he'd done, he was still entitled to legal advice. And looking back, they said that the hearings where they'd represented him were less difficult for his wife than they would have been had he been unrepresented. So everyone was better off. And if you can't reframe your job, then well, maybe it's time to look for another one, isn't it? They don't get... Offered to you by accident, well, not everyone's lucky enough to get headhunted, but I suppose it can happen, but it's better to take action, isn't it? And maybe you stay where you are, but in a different role, but maybe you have to jump ship. Whatever you do, make sure there's more to you than the stuff that burns you out by varying your time. By the time we've burnt out, we've become really quite one-dimensional. Life begins to feel as if it's just work and that's it and anything else that might exist is just a chore anyway, a duty, rather than actually something that you want to do. So think about it. What do you want to do, rather than what you should do? Don't like shoulds. We shouldn't go to the... Oh, the irony. And I say I was about to use a should statement about what we shouldn't do. But in fairness, we don't want to go to the gym just because we should go. We want to go because we want to. And if you don't want to, then it's probably best to not go, isn't it? You might do better waiting until you do want to, so you don't resent being there. If the alternative is to do something that you enjoy, and I don't mean swapping the gym for Domino's Pizza, I mean looking at look at what you like doing, whether it's reading, watching live music on YouTube, carving chess pieces out of old rocks you find in the yard. Absolutely ensure that you make time for you too. So, here endeth that lesson, boys, girls, and everybody in between. I'll be back soon. In the meantime, please do consider becoming a patron, though, through patreon.com. Not only do you get access to probably 20 sessions worth of psychotherapy content, there's also a load of hypnotherapy stuff as well, which can help you all um, train the brain how to chill out, which is a great skill to help deal with burnout. It really, really is. So have a super couple of weeks, and I will see you later on. Ta-ta for now.